Welcome to Mint. My name is Adam Levy, and I'm going to be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. This episode welcomes Queen George, the LA-based independent music artist who's also a very dear friend of mine. Uh, I love her music, I love her work, and I'm super excited to share her story on Mint. We talk about all sorts of things, from how she got started in crypto, to her attempt at throwing a music NFT conference during COVID back in April 2021, her journey into the space, the biggest questions she had coming into crypto as an independent music artist, releasing some of her work on chain and what that process was like, to even her journey making way to ETH Denver and performing at a side event and even minting her song as a one of one. We also talk about building a minimum viable community using NFT tickets as a way to kind of bootstrap a collector base uh, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Queen George, welcome to Mint. Thank you. Thank you. So minty fresh in here. So minty fresh. So minty. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing so well. We are on our last day of Denver, of ETH Denver, and I just feel like I have flown into a different country. And which country is that? A country that is brand new and I can't tell anyone about yet. That's how it feels. Wait, can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay. So, (laughs) you know, we just started. You already want to start this shit with me? Do you know what I mean? How are you doing? How are you feeling? I am doing so well. (laughs) I am feeling really good. I just drank my coffee, so so we're doing well. I feel the the voice is warm. The I voice is warm, yeah. The voice is like it is bubbly. And you have such a raspy voice. Yes. So you need the warmness. The warmness. The warmness. The, the warmness. Yeah, the warmness is really doing wonders <laughs> for me. Um yeah, I feel very, very good. Really happy to be here. Happy to be on mint. Tell us about yourself. What does the world need to know about Queen George? What the world needs to know about Queen George is that she is my alter ego. Let's start there. She's very much me. I mean, I created her. We created each other. We need each other. But she is the version of me that has no bounds, knows no bounds, knows no limitations, and is absolutely capable of anything new and completely detached from old ways of thinking or doubt. Anything that can hold you back, Queen George just looks at, smiles at, empathizes with, moves on. And is is the fearless side of me. Obviously, it is it is me. We're not dealing with the, the double personality, here. <laughs> but it is my artistic expression of a version of myself that knows no bounds, which is really has been very critical in my art ever since I discovered that side of myself. Um, I want, hopefully, for people to get to know that part in themselves as well. Upon getting to know me and me getting to know them, because we all have it. Um, I, I'm also very a very spiritual person and very into um, the things that it, very into mindfulness and and I believe that we are in more control than we think. And Queen George symbolizes that artistically and spiritually for me in many ways. You know, for whatever reason, now that I'm hearing you talk, and we talk a lot, I feel yeah. like you should have your own podcast. <laughs> I feel like you have such a soothing voice. Thank you. And that gets exemplified uh, in your singing. But how'd you get into crypto? Well, (laughs) (laughs) and this, I guess, is a story of me red pilling you. There it is. Yeah. I mean, you, that's a funny little twist you did there because (laughs) you are the person that put your hand out and went, just trust me, which is something that, you know, in 
good old-fashioned music industry, someone puts out their hand and says, trust me, you go, hold up. Who are you? What are you? What are your intentions? Where's the loophole? And in this situation, in my introduction to Web3, you you know, are not only someone so near and dear to me in my in my life, I mean, music and Web3 aside, that's all a beautiful bonus, but, but you are one of the only people that I've been able to go, okay, when you said trust me, and for me to be completely blind and understand that it's okay not to understand, just be there, just show up. And you've been so uh, critical in that for me, and that's transcended past Web3, let me tell you, because seeing how this has unfolded, although it is so early for me, it has given me a lot of faith that, wait, maybe I should go to more uncharted territories because there is so much there. And so, yeah, to uh, trace it back to your question, you, you did red pill me. <laughs> but um, yeah, we started, what, April of last year, April 2021. We said, let's just try something. Let, we, we made it really simple. We said, what am I good at? I'm good at performing. Right. I am good at making the people in front of me feel wanted, warm, loved, and present. Present. I I know that I can make them cry and make them laugh all in 20 minutes and that is a gift that I do not take for granted and I'm so happy to bring to this space so we just kept it really simple. We said, "What do we do with that? Let's put on a concert." So it was COVID. People were down, people were really down. And we said, let's just put on a virtual concert. So I hired a full-blown production team, <laughs> rented out um, a local rehearsal studio in the Valley. We, we love repping the Valley, in the Valley of- uh, Shout Sacramento. out to the Valley. Shout out to Northridge, shout out to Tarzana. Yes. So I uh, rented out a studio there called Pop Studio, a wonderful place. And um, we just put on a production. We just created this opportunity to hopefully get in front of people. And the way that this, you know, went hand in hand with Web3, which was my first attempt in this space, was that we tried to sell tickets as NFTs. <laughs> Adam looked at me and went, you know, no one's done this before. I said, perfect, I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> I want that one. And I'm down to flop, but I am down to just say we, we tried it. And it was so fun to try. I That was also a learning by doing experience. I don't listen. I have one major problem. Things go in one ear out the other. I'll listen to your feelings all day and I will empathize with you and and try to heal as much as possible. But when it comes to life experiences, I don't know what you're talking about until I did it myself. <laughs> so I was like, cool, let's just <laughs> balls to the wall this one. <laughs> we tried to sell these tickets as NFTs. My fan base was like, for the love of God, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I just want to see you saying, I don't know what this link is. I don't know what is an open sea. What is a MetaMask? What is a MetaMask? I already what have to wear a mask. You also want me to get on a MetaMask? Leave me alone. <laughs> right? So there was a lot. There were a lot of hurdles. <laughs> a lot of hurdles. Which was fine. I mean, it was the first time we ever tried something like this. Anyone ever tried anything like this? So for context, really quick. Yeah. This was taking place during COVID. Taking place during where COVID. Where there were no live concerts in person. No, no live concerts. And you had an itch to scratch where mm -hmm. you wanted to perform live. That's it. And you had been writing a lot of music during the off time, mm -hmm. right? From what I remember. Yeah. And you're like, how can I grow my audience? How can I tap into this world of crypto, mm -hmm. of experimentation, and try something different? Right. It flopped. It flopped. I mean, 
Have you ever belly flopped into a pool? I have. But you were with friends, so you didn't want to show that your stomach was right or in pain. So you were I like, have. I'm good. What should we and, eat, you and, guys? And I used to be 230 pounds. So when I used to, when I belly flopped into things, they was, belly flop back at you, they baby. Belly, they you belly know what flop. they say you smile at life, it smiles, <laughs> smiles right back, back at, at you. <laughs> so that was exactly what didn't happen for us. It didn't smile back at us, but I kept smiling. And then we went back to the drawing board. After that concert, um, you're exactly right, by the way. I was just, in the time, in the COVID era, I was just writing. I was so used to performing. I've been on stages since I was seven years old. I mean, theater, jazz bands. Like, I was just super competitive, and I, and I loved it. And that's all I did when kids were, like, at the mall. I was at rehearsal till 10 p.m., and that was just my fuel. And it has never changed. I, I'm 25, and it, the same thing fuels me. And gas prices have went up. Yeah. They have, especially in LA, and I still need the same fuel. So yes, yeah. my taste is expensive. But my point in all of this is that after our concert, I went to France. I spent the summer in France, worked on my first project, worked on my first album. It was a big point for me to find my sound. I also, you know, was in the back of my head after our little concert flop that I knew I needed to get back into this space and bring my own ethnicity and authenticity to it. And going to France was a big part of that. Yeah. Going to France and working with people who not all of them, you know, had great English. And we just, that made the musical experience so much more bold. I mean, we just worked and we couldn't necessarily justify our thoughts and ideas. So if the music wasn't it, it wasn't it. And yeah. you moved on to the next idea. If it didn't speak and could not transcend language and mentality, different cultural mentality, it didn't work. And so what that left us with was a beautiful, beautiful, um, like package of songs that were so influenced by different cultures and backgrounds. And that's what I have in my hand now. And then when, you know, I came back to LA, I called you and I said, Adam, I need to play you this music. I think this is how I want to enter Web3. I think this is, I, I don't think I know. I could play this in any room and go, I know that I left who I am there. And it's more than just music. Cause yeah, I'm a trained jazz singer, but I'm also Israeli and also French and, we speak so many languages at home. So I, it was really, and it is really important for me to bring that into crypto and to bring culture out of people and make this a very inclusive and diverse environment just by bringing what I was raised with. Yeah. Like not thinking too hard. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Not That's what I'm learning in Web3 as well. Not thinking too hard. Look in the mirror and just write down what you see. Yeah. You know, this NFT concert that we attempted to do, uh, that you very much led, we built an entire site around it. Yeah. Uh, we had graphic art around it um, by the by the digital artist. That's nice. Yes. Um, it was all it was all in theme around this new song that you were about to release. Uh, what was the song again? Champagne problems. Champagne problems, and uh, we did a drop where we had different tiers of access and mm -hmm. utility to the ticket that you would purchase. Um, and they all range in different prices. I think at the end of the day, there was like four, five, six tiers. Mm -hmm. There was a one of one, and then there were limited versions of the rest. It was like a 25 out of 25, an addition of 50, an addition yeah. of 100. We really went for this. Yeah. I mean, we like you said, we built the whole site around it. We, we built it as if 100,000 people were going to be watching. But I think that that should always be the precedent of how we work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it flopped, but we did it. And because if it did, what if it didn't? 
You right. know? What I, if it didn't flop? What exactly. if it actually worked? And what if we were actually able to sell tickets right. and you were able to actually get a higher percentage of mm-hmm. the artist share around it and you were able to throw a really cool live performance around it. But the problem was, the biggest problem, mm-hmm. and this is part of why I want to do this like this case study around you is because we're documenting your early steps into crypto as a brand newcomer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we'll get more into what that journey was like post-April 2021. Yeah, but yeah. The biggest problem that we had at the time is we were doing things very manually. We didn't have a ticketing platform mm-hmm. that was uh, an NFT that had NFT as the infrastructure underneath the hood, right? So we'd have to we had to do everything and upload everything one by one uh, on OpenSea. Uh, I remember we tried Rarible, we tried all these other Mintable, and it tried us, and it tried us, <laughs> and like <laughs> it, I mean, we we spent maybe like a thousand dollars on gas fees. <laughs> Like, I didn't even know what a gas fee was. Should, yeah, I was just like clicking away. I was like, fuck it. Like, let's try to see if we can make this happen. Um, and it flopped. It flopped. The yeah. ticket, I think the tickets are still on the They're market. They're still there. Yeah. They're still there. And they'll forever remain there as a... I will never lose it. I will never take them down. I mean, they're staying there. I love it. I just, for whatever it's worth, it was so cool that we could have put our mark on that. I just, yeah. just to say we tried it. I think yeah. that's all this comes down to. And for me, a big deal was stripping the ego away, which is a very traditional music industry web two way of thinking of like, oh, you need a team and you need to strategize and you have one shot. That's just not true in yeah. this space. And it's so exciting because you could just experiment hundreds yeah. of times. It's it's early enough where you can throw shit at the fan exactly. and see what sticks. And yeah. I would even argue that that's also true in traditional music industry. In the traditional music industry. We, that we're so caught up in our ego that that we don't just try things. And and I've gotten so much more confidence to just try. Um, but yeah, it all is still up there. And that will be very cool to look back at. Yeah, I feel you. It is very cool. Beyond beyond us trying to like manually do the entire process, listing yeah. everything in OpenSea, building the site. Uh, another big issue that we had was, <clears throat> was with the unlockable content. So what does that mean? Every NFT or nearly all NFTs can have like an unlockable content once a collector purchases it and can reveal something secret uh, specifically to them, mm-hmm. right? And we tried to like, again, like bootstrap it in a way where they bought the NFT and then they'd have to go to Eventbrite with the code yeah. in the NFT yeah. or something of that nature. And then they could register for the event officially. Yeah. Um, and that was our way of trying to collect addresses and emails at right. the same time to build you a database of anonymous people online right um but that flopped also right i think that entire like 10-step process of just getting a ticket was just so convoluted it fully was a 10-step process and you know in real time would you go through a 10-step process for someone no no i don't think so i would i i maybe i'm a little bit different maybe because i I have curiosity and i feel like I, i enjoy going through those steps but I'm not the example. Right. A lot of the people that you were promoting the event to online, they hit you up even in your comments. They're like, what the hell is a MetaMask? Why do I need to spend this much money on gas fees? All yeah. I want to do is just watch you perform. Right. Well, what I'm learning now, actually, I I'm, have I'm, been learning this this week in Denver, just through talking to a lot of people and absorbing that, you know, my goal till now was, okay, let me bring my normal supporters and fans into this space. And I've been spending so much brain fuel trying to figure out how to cross those two worlds instead of just embracing what this current world has to offer. I feel like I was forgetting how early we still are and that it's just so important to foster the community here and and still give both communities what they want. If that original fan base of mine 
receives me in a way that they are comfortable with, then I will give them what they yeah. are comfortable with. And if Web3 entails something totally different, then I will learn what they need and give them what they need. One day, with or without my efforts, they will meet in the middle because that's where we are headed. So I think it's been such a big shift for me just in the last few days like to understand that I don't need to try to save the world and can connect yeah. my two worlds. Just give every individual world what that world wants and needs and let them discover me in a way that is comfortable for them in the way that you go to a different country and speak their language. Yeah. You don't go in assuming that they are going to understand what you're saying. So I think that's that analogy has helped me a lot. Yeah, yeah. So again, the campaign flopped. We right. ended up just pivoting to Eventbrite. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the live show. You hosted the live show. It was a great live show. Yeah, I was able Thank to you. watch Thank it in you. person, which was a lot of fun. And uh, it's that was funny. Hi, huh? I mean, we had just a few people in the room. And yeah, there were like a, there was a like I think faint like, golf clap. In yeah, but there was like a hundred people online, a hundred, two hundred people online watching it. Um, which was more than we expected. We just wanted to create, like, you just wanted to create good content. I just wanted kind of to thing. get on stage, Yeah, and just get on stage and perform and just shill your heart out to the I, world. I've had the same rule since I was 12. It's yeah. two people or 2,000 or 200,000. Fast forward now. Okay? Talk to me. You started April 2021, Correct. got into crypto. What has happened since as an independent music artist coming into the space? Yeah, so fast forward from April, right, we... We covered this. I spent the summer in France, made right. my first album, right. came back with the body of work that I felt would really fit in this space. Kind of back to the drawing board. Spent a lot of time baking, thinking, learning, reading, seeing what other people were doing, getting really inspired by, by other artists in this space. And then what was it like? What was it December when we minted my first song? What was it? it was Champagne Problems. Yeah. The song that we... Right. kind of wrote on for the live stream right. concert which by the way just to give more context we did have audio snippets for each ticket too yeah. but it wasn't the full song no it wasn't the full song so around december you minted that song yeah it was, i minted my first collection okay remember we did the, oh that's right we did yeah. the, you did the edition of 10 mm -hmm. on open sea right? exactly of champagne problems yeah right we did that and Again, like still not much movement, but again, after everything that I had been learning, I, I realized that I just need to myself step into this space, get to know people organically. I am a very social person. I like people. I like strangers. And I'm okay with never seeing them again because I'm romantic like that when it comes to people. So I, so I realized, you know, I, I'm just going to start minting every release of mine just so that I can learn by doing. As I said, that is how I process, that is how I understand, and simultaneously, start getting on Discord, start spending more time on Twitter, just a little bit more yeah. in my day. In the same way that they tell you, you're not just gonna lose 30 pounds in a month, you can't just change your diet overnight. I couldn't change my diet overnight. That's not who I am. Yeah. I want this to be authentic, so I started to spend more and more and more time every day, by myself, in the morning, at night, made, made it a point to just experiment to and learn more just and learn yeah. see what other people were doing the way that people speak in this community all while also minting uh my last three releases yeah so i said okay the the supporters the friends the community will come if i just actually in, ingrain myself in a way that is natural for me which is what i want in the same way that you don't make a best friend overnight you know so i have a lot of faith in that in that process now so that's kind of where i am at now um Fast forward to literally last week, uh, 
Last Friday, February 11th, I released a song called If I Ever Go Down that I wrote in Tel Aviv with some awesome writers. Um, I have the wonderful Omer Fetty, who is like, will always be like family. We love Omer. And he's playing guitar on it. He graced that song with his gift. And I released it just as a guitar vocal record. And it was right before ETH Denver. And I came here to perform you know, at your event, which was so much fun. And right before I got on stage, we said, you know what, let's just mint this thing. And let's just so let's so just now now it. now we're like taking three steps ahead. You're right. We yeah. did. You came out with uh, if I ever go down. Yeah. You also came out earlier with Good Morning. I did right before right. if I ever go down was right. Good Morning, and that's M O U R N I N G, which yeah. is about the loss of someone in your life, yeah. the loss of a love. So I wanna I wanna before we even get into ETH Denver for a minute, right? Because if I ever go down is actually a really pivotal moment in your NFT career. Yeah. Um, for numerous reasons, but. You started off doing the NFT concert. You tried to sell like 150 something tickets, right? As NFTs flopped. Then you came out with uh, uh, Champagne Problems. The collection. The collection did did 10 editions, right? For I think like 0.1 each, 0.1 mm -hmm. ETH. Uh, I collected one. I don't think we we haven't checked what what the status I have is. Two. Two. You collected. and someone else. Okay, amazing. Yeah, which um, is cool. so I was just so excited. Awesome, and then <laughs> and then that was on OpenSea, and then we yeah. were like, okay, let's re-strategize. Correct. Let's take Good Morning and put that on Zora. Yeah. On Zora. Try something else. Try see something what, see else. See what else works. Okay, and that was what a one of one. That was a one of okay, one. Okay. Right, mm -hmm. and um, I Loki collected that one too. <laughs> you are such a real one. I don't know. I just love your music. Okay, Thank so you. then uh, I know I appreciate you so much. Um, that one was on our Zora, and then we're like, okay. You came up to me, you're like, okay, we got to do something bigger now. I was like, okay, East Denver's coming up. And for, for a long time, we've been talking about how you can ingrain yourself more into the crypto community, right? And just be a listener, be a contributor. Um, and then you got into FWB. Yeah. So what was that like? It was exciting to know that I... It, it was like a kid in school who finally has a lunch table to sit at who was a kid in school, kind of sat alone for a little while, who finally was like, oh, cool, I have people to sit with. And even though none of them are talking to me yet, that's cool to sit at this you table. Your, like your Lunchables, just like exactly. in the cafeteria with your milk. And, and you know, one day you'll, st you'll start sharing your food with someone and one day you'll make a good friend out of it. I was just so happy to have a table to sit at in middle school. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a funny full circle as a kid who not, not often did I have a table to sit at. I sat with my music teachers very often. So FWE felt like that. <laughs> it was just cool to like enter a community. Um, and it was cool to go to their event yesterday. Like, as I said, I love just people. So it was cool to meet everyone in person. But yeah, entered FWB. And then like you said, I, I said, I got to do something interesting. I think now that I can hold my own a little bit more in this space, what can I do that is unique to me? And that's when If I Ever Go Down came around. Right. That The release of that and then ETH Denver directly to follow. Um, so talk about what is If I Ever Go Down that song? About, yeah. If I ever go down, well, the full sentence of that is asking someone, looking at someone and going, if I ever go down, will you stay around? That is literally the chorus of the song. It is asking, will you stick around when I am not at my best, when I'm performing for only two people, when I am not this 
chanteuse on stage with these frilly gloves and a big personality and making you feel warm and welcome. What about when I need that? Can you give that to me? That, you know, as artists, we stand on a stage, there's an audience in front of us, but there is an invisible wall. There's in acting, they call it the fourth wall. But there's this invisible wall between us and them all the time. And I felt that since I was a little kid because I've been on stages for so long. And you, I, I always have this, this wonder in my stomach when I'm on stage, like, wow, these, look at these people, they love me. That's, look at these people, they got in an Uber, they parked, they made arrangements, they got dressed, that, they, they're all here for me. And that's not a given, right? But will, the second that these light, the house lights come on, I get off and I'm just one of them again, are they going to love me that much? Are they going to be there for me that much? Is any, and you know, romantically, is are any of these people, or if this person, if there's someone that I low-key love in the crowd and I want them to love me back romantically, are, is anyone going to be willing to pass that fourth wall in between us and say, you've given me that warmth. I have something to give you too. Because as a performer, you feel like you're always providing that, right? So that's what that song was about. And it was just a very honest question, you know, and... It was important for me to put it out also for the, the music itself to be so raw. You know, Omer's playing it so raw. We barely touched it. My vocal was just like a one take, like as if I was telling someone I love them. It felt yeah. like a diary entry when I recorded it. It was just, here it is, cool. So if I'm asking you if you're going to be here flaws and all, here's actually a one take vocal. Um, that's what that song is about. And it was very important for me to make that a pivotal point in my Web3 journey to make my entrance, my own kind of personal, unique entrance into Web3 be very vulnerable and one that is honest and one that people can relate to. I mean, forget it. If you're a musician and you can understand this, cool, but I think all of us go through this. Like we all have this deep, silent fear of, are you gonna be here when I'm not doing well? And it's a, it's just a question I, I like to ask, but then we got back to the fun music at your show, so that was that was good. Yeah. So here comes Eth Denver. If I ever go down, here comes Eth Denver. Yeah, if I ever go down, came out uh, not this past Friday, but the Friday before that. Correct. Um, in preparation for Eth Denver. Uh, kind of on the fly. Yeah. It was just an idea that. Yeah. We're like, okay, Eth Denver is coming around. We talk about ingraining yourself into the community, meeting more people, right. making more friends, um, helping other people, learning about other projects. And we decided to try the NFT concert again, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but this time... We're just not going to give up on that <laughs> NFT concert. And I'll tell you why, because I think it's such an interesting use case. It's something that yeah. I've entertained in my head a lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I talk about on the podcast is how can you make it as least threatening as possible for someone to join your community i love that question yeah right it's something that i continuously think about and how can you give before you take right and to that extent we tried something new we hosted an event in east denver on february 15th uh it was called the web3 creator event very broad very standard <laughs> oh you create great it yeah for you. great come and creator is a very broad word too right uh, Which, a, a creative entrepreneur can come in many different right. forms um and that was the intention to make it broad in general and see who comes right it bred a very cool crowd right it did yeah, breed yeah, yeah. A, it, it really did um and before we get into like the, the details of the event remember last time april 2021 we had a big issue that we couldn't really do what we wanted mm -hmm. to do online was we had a platform issue right right not only were gas fees really high on Ethereum, 
to mint a ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I even think we gave too many people too many options to a ticket. I think we bombarded them a little just out of sheer excitement. Yeah. Think yeah. about it. When you go to like the crypto.com arena, okay, and you go and buy a ticket to watch a show, how many tickets do they have if not different seats, right? It's very like general admission or VIP or like... Pay depending on where you sit, right, period. right. And I think one of the issues, one of the mistakes that we made was we issued too many different types of tickets with too many different types of utilities. When we forget, the real utility is just coming to watch you perform. Exactly. And like that that initial transaction of, you know, the NFT being the ticket is already one that is complicated. Right. So here we are with 10 different options like, oh, but no pressure. (laughs) So we we put together this event or I I guess Mint, the podcast, along with some friends of Mint from Polygon Studios, Mm -hmm. Bonfire. Uh, and dystopia shout out labs to all of you. yeah shout out to all of those people for for helping make mm-hmm. this this uh this event a reality um we use dystopia labs this platform called impish which is an nft ticketing platform probably the most simple ticketing experience i've ever been a part of better than eventbrite better than buying something at the crypto.com arena better than anything. better than any live concert yeah. i've ever been yeah to. it's like four clicks yep through your wallet of signing signatures and it's yours right and every single NFT had your logo on it, okay? Yeah. Which was a, a Queen George NFT. And just to make this clear, every single NFT, by that we mean every single ticket. Yes, every single ticket had your logo on yes. it, right? Just like any other ticket in the physical mm-hmm. world or digital world, uh, non, non-on-chain would, right. would kind of look and feel like. Through that, we got between, I think, 150, 200 people, something mm-hmm. like that, sign up, share their email, and their wallet address right? And it acted as like a top level funnel to kind of start spiraling and creating you a community, right? Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about it was you'd come on Impish, you'd connect your wallet, you sign a signature, you'd claim a ticket, right? From there, you'd wait to come see you perform live in person. And the cool thing about this was, and and, and I'd love for you to take the stage, but coming from my point of view, like Mm -hmm. the practitioner's point of view of like talking to a lot of people seeing what type of strategies creators have in building an online community around their collectors. I thought this was very unique because it was effortless. Yeah. It was risk-free. and It was super inviting. It was very inviting. Uh, and it worked out because throughout the event, we had between like 150, 200 people circle in and out. Yeah. Right? Um, and not to say that, that like another event hosted another event, uh, another company hosted another event after us. So yeah. it invited even more people right. in afterwards. Just a super welcoming experience from start to finish. Yeah. And what did we do at the event with the QR codes? Well, um, first of all, just to touch on everything that you just said, like I've been to a lot of shows, I've done a lot of shows and nothing was as seamless or warm and welcoming as this experience. I mean, I've definitely found how I want to give out tickets from now on. Yeah. I want people to go to, to know that they are wanted there in the same way that I make them feel that when I'm on stage, this was the first time that that same warmth that I feel, you know, is is going on between us in the while the music is happening. This is the first time that that translated into the transactional process. The part that's not fun was suddenly kind. Yeah. Um, so that was really important, and I think there's a lot to take pride in in that. So amazing job. Um, but your what did we do with the QR codes? Yes. We printed. I mean, hundreds of QR codes, big, small. And there were two QR codes. There was a purple one, 
The purple one was for the one of one that I minted right before I got on stage to If I Ever Go Down, which we could get a little more into sure, after. Sure, sure. And then the black one was for my Discord. Just <clears throat> to join my community. You like what you hear? Cool. <laughs> you don't? I'm just so happy you showed up. I mean, yeah. So that was the, the vibe. And with that, we put those little babies up all over the venue. I mean, a couple on every like, table, I taped feel, them to the wall. I walls. feel bad for the people that needed to, like, the, to clean up the event after I us. I feel so bad, yeah. There were so many laminated QR codes. Adam, I put a huge one on the beer draft <laughs> box. There was another poster, and I asked if I could cover it, and he said no, so we just took the other poster off. <laughs> <laughs> so that solved that and <laughs> they were everywhere just with the hopes of like I, I just wanted people to have fun and if they did here is ev everywhere around you is an opportunity to connect if you liked what you yeah. heard and being on stage knowing that that was possible it was so it was so so next level What's up guys, Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause. I wanted to give some love to our two NFT sponsors that are making this episode a reality. They are Coinvise and Polygon Studios. On Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum or Polygon. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more today by visiting coinvise.co. Polygon Studios is the gaming and NFT arm of Polygon, who's focused on growing the blockchain gaming and NFT industry while bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 gaming. The Polygon Studios ecosystem comprises highly loved blockchain games like OpenSea, Upshot, Avagachi, Zedrun, Skyweaver, Decentraland, and Decentral Games. If you're a gamer, builder, or NFT creator looking to join the Polygon Studios ecosystem, get started today by visiting polygonstudios.com. All right, back to the episode. So there's there's layers to why this is so important. I don't know if you've had the aha moment yet as to why this is so cool. Maybe I will on my flight today. I'm yeah. very introspective I think on you, I think you're about to have it right now. And I'll share with you like the big picture behind why doing tickets as NFTs are so important, okay? Yeah. And again, back to the actual process of claiming a ticket. It was on Polygon, so the platform actually ate up the transaction fees. And they're pennies on pennies. It's like nothing, okay? You got a ticket minted. It would show up in your wallet, mm -hmm. okay? You would then come to the event, and you'd watch you perform. A collector of yours would come watch you perform now, okay? And they could decide whether they fell in love with you, they enjoyed your music. Prior to you basically going on stage, we minted yeah. the one of one on Zora.co. Correct. Um, and before you did like two intro songs and then you talked about yourself and you announced this next song, I actually just minted on chain, the purple QR codes. You can check it out if you feel oblig if you feel interested. Otherwise, join my Discord. I'd love to collaborate. I'd love to have fun. And otherwise, have a bagel and dance and I'll and never see you again and, and that's okay too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Which which was also fun. We had like yeah. uh, what? Not through 9, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. was just like free brunch, coffee, donuts, yeah. uh, fruit, vegetables, whatever. And the rest of the day was just music. Music, yeah. It was it, just music. It was just music and a lot of like-minded people listening to music and yeah. enjoying. Yeah. Um, so people join your Discord. It worked. Yeah, it people cool. actually join your Discord. I think, what, we had like 50 people or so join your Discord from that room. Yeah. So not a bad like conversion rate from acquiring a ticket to then coming to the event, watching perform, and then wanting to join your Discord right. from there on out. And importantly it's very very important for me to add that in a way that felt very authentic very authentic it felt seamless and f and really aligned with the way that i 
like my life shows to go with the feeling I like my people to have and that it was just the first time I think that's the aha moment yeah it was my first time in this space that I saw that the pride that I take in live performance and the, I, I get to see the look on all of your faces in the crowd I wish you guys could see it it was the first time that I saw those two things online yeah. and make sense and go hand in hand yeah and it's just I mean talk about fuel this is exactly this is all I want to be doing now yeah and the, the, the cool thing about that, uh, QG, is because now you have or you, you built like a, a niche minimum viable community. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's what we talk a lot about on the podcast. How do you build an initial audience around an idea, a theme that you have, right? right? That you or a group of people have. Now you're the example of that. Okay. You built a very niche, very small, cute, yet powerful minimum viable community. Cute. Yeah, cute. <laughs> of all Ethereum collectors, of all Ethereum right. superfans, right? Um, from there, the stage is yours. Like, you you nurture this audience, you build this audience, yeah. you try to grow this audience in an organic, very natural, non-pressure way, yep. right? But why is this, like, so big? And why I'm so actually obsessed by this use case is because we talked about, again, Giving before taking, mm-hmm. right? We talked about mixing the online experience with the physical experience. Yeah. Having a collector collect something of you and then watching you perform in person, mm-hmm. right? But the, the last part is the aha moment here, okay? Let's talk about data for a second. Mm, the musician's favorite topic. The musician's favorite topic. Right now on Spotify, on Apple Music, on YouTube, you're very limited with the amount of data that you have, Right. One, you're not given the emails of, of your listeners, right? right? It's, right. it's actually very, very difficult. I think... There is not an open channel between you no, and your supporters. No, it's It's very gated. It's very walled. Very, very. And a lot of the ethos behind Web3, blockchain, crypto, whatever buzzword you want to associate with, it's transparency, right? right? It's, it's, it's borderless, right? And so it comes with the data too, okay? So you got about 150, 200, 200 collectors. You have their addresses. You have their emails. Now, let's zoom out for a minute, mm-hmm. okay? You can start building a profile around every single address that you have. Why? That wallet that they used to buy and collect your NFT is probably associated with many other things that they did on chain. Other tokens that they hold, other communities that they're a part of, other PFPs and NFTs that they collect, other governance proposals that they contribute to on chain. With time, you'll be able to build a complex data profile around these collectors and you might realize that, wait, out of the 150, 200 people that collected my NFT, 75 of them are actually in FWB. Yeah. It may make sense because I have such a big FWB crowd, it may make sense to actually do a collaboration with FWB because we have such aligned interest. They have their audience that overlaps with my audience. Right. You might realize that some of your people are actually like, DeFi degenerates, mm-hmm. meaning they love spending money on open protocols, experimenting with lending and borrowing, staking, yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That could tell you something else about them, right? So you start building this like really interesting data profile in a very non-intrusive way. Well, it's it's the nature of this beast that we're all in. I mean, that's the whole point. It's a tree with endless branches, you know? That's the point. So the cool thing about this is Again, we're so early mm-hmm. into this entire thing, but it shows you the power of messing around with NFTs 
soon and i don't know if this platform exists and whoever's listening go build this platform i've been saying this all week like go go build that platform we can we can build a profile around someone's collectors right mm-hmm. so she so you can see how many people are in fwb how many people are in forefront how many people actually collect music nfts the common ground what is their what is their net worth right. right uh how long have they been in crypto for based off their wallet date the list goes on and on and on and on and you can actually understand who is your audience right beyond the audience that you performed with in the valley right yeah and the people that love and support you since day zero yeah that's why it was super exciting for me to kind of go through this mini mini use case because that right there that's the future the future of the mu- music the artist fan relationship exactly and you spoke earlier about how last year when we did this concert everything was manual and i still think we're gonna have a couple more manual seasons and i think that especially in this field of you know getting to know my supporters and collectors it's all going to be hard work and it's going to be tailored work to go in and, and get to know a person and then multiply that by 200 and that's just the starting point you know until that platform exists it will be so cool in retrospect to look back and go wow i really i really did the dig you know yeah the next thing here is just consistency, right? And trying to perform at every Ethereum conference, every crypto conference, Mm -hmm. tapping more into those communities, doing live performances online again, right? And being very thoughtful about how you do stuff, yet not overthinking too much. And one thing that I like to talk about on the podcast is just try. Just keep trying. Try. There are no rules. There is no expectations. Nobody really remembers your failures. Everybody just remembers your successes here. That's been, you know, I have to tell you, Adam, that has been the biggest lesson in in this space for me. Like, you know, you you grow up in L.A. I'm born and raised in L.A. And in this system where you think everyone cares, nobody gives a shit in the and i mean that in the (laughs) The best best way (laughs) nobody gives a shit about you go flourish conquer fail i mean nobody wants to remember that nobody wants to say my friend failed it sounds so horrible but people want to say i know someone who did something great and we've seen that go off the deep end you know and get big-headed but (laughs) it for the most part, people want to see you shine. And you, it's just about, do you believe that or not? And so if any people that I know in, in Web2 music are listening to this, I think, you know, I, I really wanted to come on here today. You know, I know I'm a lot younger in this space than a lot of the people who might be listening or who I met this week and who I will connect with or any of my collectors or you even, you know. It is very intimidating and can be. But I think when that aha moment happens of nobody gives a shit and people want to see you shine, I think the world is yours. And I really want to encourage friends in Web2 to take control. I mean, there there are so many amazing resources in the traditional music industry. It's obviously worked for this long. It's brilliant. It really is. Is Is it a little gray? Is it a little too gray? Yeah, the water's a little muggy. Hard to swim, yeah. you know? So I encourage you to, to take control. Yeah. You know, why I also like this use case so much is because a lot of musicians coming into crypto, they see people selling stuff on Catalog, on Sound, on Mint Songs, on Zora. The list goes on and on. Making crazy money, right? People collecting songs for $4,000, for two and a half, seven hundred dollars 700 And to 
to many musicians, that's a lot of money. Right. To many yeah. people, forget musicians, but if we're already focusing on musicians, to many up-and-coming creative artists, struggling artists, that's a lot of money. It's a new, it's a new avenue of independent freedom. Because you have people in, in traditional music ways that have 300 million streams in a song and work as waiters. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that shouldn't be the case. Right. There shouldn't be such a huge disconnect. NFTs are the first time in history where we can truly value a piece of art in its most organic and appropriate fashion. Yeah. And done so in a way where it's traceable. You can recollect and, and prosper off the resale value. And the data, again, the data behind all these transactions, all these interactions, all these collectors, that's that's your focus, right? Yeah, that's where my focus is absolutely so, right now. So what I was getting at is a lot of musicians coming into the space, they focus on how do I find that first collector, right? How do I make that first one ETH sale? Why not try to think about it the other way? Why not just try to give first, right? Put on a show, sell tickets as NFTs, create a minimum viable community of collectors in the Ethereum community, hyper-focus. You don't need a thousand people. Just need 50, 100 people, 10 people yeah. just to get the ball rolling. Yeah. You know, if we would have had this conversation a week ago, I think even a week ago, I was still in the headspace of how do I find collectors? And I just think this whole experience in the last week has been so potent. I, I can't wait to see how many ahas happen in retrospect in the next week or two. And especially as I focus on this data you know, gathering all the information about my new collectors. Yeah. It's like a new family, you know, whether or not they know it, I'm coming. And uh, <laughs> I guess it, you, you just got to say, you know, not how do I find collectors? How do I let them find me? What can, how do I let them find me? What do I do to come to them? And that's also what I was getting at, at adapting to this space instead of spending so much, much brain time trying to, bring the old fans over. How do I let people in the space who want to find something cool that they connect with, how do I let them find me? So that's, it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant question that you're asking. Let me ask you, so you've been very active since April, 2021, yeah. starting with the first attempt at an NFT concert. Mm -hmm. What have been some of your biggest challenges, one, getting into the space and navigating through it? First and foremost, language. I felt like I went to, again, the country analogy is just one that makes sense to me and could make sense to anyone listening, as, no matter how advanced or new you are in this. It's like going to a different country where nobody speaks English and, and then you, you get there and you're frustrated as to why no one can understand you and why you can't understand them. And you go, God, but I, I, am, I, I do think I have so much to give, but why can't I get it across? The first hurdle is language. And the way to hop over that, not even hop over it, the way to massage it through is just to read, to learn. You hear words you don't understand, pause the podcast and Google it. You know, you you see that someone posted something. I remember this happened to me a lot when I was first in, in Web3 Twitter. People would post like, I just minted, da -da -da -da. I'm like, minted, bitch. Okay, I stopped everything. And I, what does it mean to, for something to be minted? Yeah. And I know that this might sound silly, but that's the only way that I started to be able to carry conversations in this space. So first, understand what the hell the language is about. The keywords, just the keywords. It's not rocket science. Yeah. We're dealing with 
you know, at the end of the day, the, the, the goal here is simple, to connect and just in a different way than what we're used to. Open, yeah. open your mind and learn the goddamn language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then more things will make sense by just simply just showing up and coming to these conferences. So those were, I think, the biggest hurdles. I think with the... And that's the biggest hurdles getting started. The biggest hurdles getting started. Okay. Now I think I, I, I'm seeing the fruits of that homework. And I, 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 at ETH Denver, you know, this has been the first time at one of these in-person events that I could carry a conversation that I'm passionate about and not passive about. Not like, cool, yeah, no, that's a great DAO you're working on. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it was a type of dumpling. I mean, <laughs> until I really understood. And again, this might sound very funny. And, and, and a hurdle, a, a big hurdle that I had to get over is feeling like, a person that is good in conversation. And yes, I, th I do think that I am an intellectual individual. And at first I did kind of feel stupid, but under okay. zooming out yeah. and realizing that this is new ter territory for everyone and whoever tells you it's not is, I mean, I don't it's know. Tripping. It's tripping or has been here for, I mean, I don't know how long you could possibly been here. But uh, that is the biggest hurdle at first i think a lot of people listening to this who don't know what the hell is going on you know yeah. could could understand that and are there yeah. i'm still there i think i think we all are but um uh that that would i, I would say be the first hurdle that i experienced i would, i think an interesting perspective is not to fast forward it now that i'm just starting to understand a little bit of what's going on the, the hurdles that i'm facing now which i i i know with time are going to be smoothed out are how how do I make this mainstream? I mean, I, I'm just still a very what smart... Is, what does mainstream mean to you? To me, mainstream means that anybody can understand this. But again, I think I touched on this earlier where I, I'm, I'm realizing now that I don't need to worry about that mm -hmm. at this moment. So this, I'm talking to you, these are real-time revelations for myself that I really kind of sorted through this week. Where I came in here so focused and worried about how do I make the average person understand this, right? I don't come from, it, it go, I think it goes back to me also not coming from a family of musicians. I come from beautiful, awesome, hardworking parents who are j just want to like see me shine. So I think my life has always been very attuned to normalcy, simple, sim simple life, simplicity. I want everybody to be able to understand this and what i'm realizing this week is that I, I can rid myself of that worry because that will happen alone and they're not the same and they don't need to be the same and if my goal here is to connect i could do that in this space and then with the people back home who still are not there and that's fine so i think that was a big personal concern like on a on a moral personal yeah. level something that I kind of grappled with a lot, which now I have a little more clarity in. So I'm interested to see when we circle back in a few months, if there's been any. What, what have you been, what has been your biggest takeaways uh, at ETH Denver so far? What did you, what did you expect coming to it? And I, and I asked this because it's your first true crypto conference. Mm -hmm. And honestly, also what a great crypto conference to kind of break into as your first time as well. Yeah. What were some of the expectations you had? What were some of your favorite moments? Talk to me through that. The expectations that I had were to feel like an outcast. And I tried to transcend past that. And I said, thank God I'm singing. Because you put me on a stage anywhere and I'm automatically comfortable. So 
Oh my god, you know what comes to mind? What? The catalog event that happened a few days after hours. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like a live jazz band. Yeah. And you walked in and you're just like, ah, oh, what a warm place. The fish jazz. that's yeah. it. The fish out of water start started swimming. And you literally got on stage, you didn't give two fucks about anything. And you're like, You guys know this you guys know this tune? All right, ready? One, two, three, yeah. four. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. For about one song turned into five and And then as you started singing, all these people started like coming around you. Because it was real and natural. And yeah, that, so cool. that is what I have been craving to see in this space. So my expectation coming here was, okay, I'm going to feel like an outcast. And I don't know as much as they do. And then I, that fear started to, to manifest itself into hope. And maybe you don't need to adapt. Maybe you can just do what you're good at. And people might fuck with it. And that could be cool. And so I sang at your event, and that gave me so much more confidence. And suddenly, I, that attracted people who also felt that way and felt creative in ways that they didn't. And I just started to meet people that also feel like other and feel like they have something to give that has not been done before. And then I'm like, wait, that's what this whole conference is for. So that fear that I had was essentially nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. It was just like everyone is coming here with, an other idea and a new perspective. And that's the whole ammo of the space. That's what keeps the space alive. Yeah. Right. So there was that. And then just getting up at that catalog event, like super spontaneously with the band, I got to see that in this, in this metaverse, I can just be myself and come as I am. And that there is someone for everyone and that there is someone who will connect to everyone. And I don't have to choose one. I don't have to choose the authentic kind of live music style with an old band and, you know, or the beep boop boop beep boop future, you know. I don't have to. They there is Here lies a beautiful marriage of the two. And that is something that I did not expect. I did not expect. I thought I would have to do a hundred more backflips to adapt into this mm-hmm. space and assimilate. And it was just such a beautiful surprise to my surprise that that I didn't have to, and that there is so much room for both. Now that East Denver is like coming to an end, what are your overall thoughts? What would you do differently mm. being a, a first-time steward in this community? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> what would well, you do differently? What, what would, would I do differently yeah. in terms of my recent choices or now moving forward? You know, now, now we're like we're sitting down, we're having this conversation. You went through like, what, eight days? Seven nights of, yeah. of this stuff. We got in on Sunday. Sunday now. Uh, so it's been a week, actually. What would I do differently? Yeah. Not a goddamn thing. What, what <laughs> would you, like, what would you advise other people? Okay. New artists, new creators, yeah. new individuals coming and experimenting and seeing everything that's happening externally and being super curious despite the insecurity that yeah. Web3 kind of imposes on a newcomer right um or may impose on a newcomer you just went through it yeah tips um that's also by the way to touch on why i wouldn't change a thing because i wouldn't know what to change i am learning by doing every second every second that i'm here is a new path for me this is so i don't even know what to tell you maybe in a few months i might have more there i will have more on my resume therefore a wider spectrum of choices to have made but right now i'm still learning as i go but i think advice I'm circling it right back to the language thing. 
ask questions and I, but you know what no that's bullshit and I'll tell you why that's bullshit I didn't know what to ask I didn't even know what to ask don't even worry about asking questions there everyone told me at the beginning ask questions ask questions and I would say okay because I know that there is so much wisdom in asking questions but I didn't know what to ask so just show up just be present. Just be present. I think that's fifty percent of the effort. Just come, show your face. Show up. If if and if that's to someone's Discord server, or if that's to an event happening in a city near you, just go. Yeah. Just go, because it's no different than being at a party and, and making a friend. And you know, I've had many jobs in my life that were aren't music. Still do, and I've always worked in sales. And the whole thing is talk to people like. You're like, be excited to answer the phone as if your best friend is about to answer. The same applies here. People are people across the board. No matter how invested the space is in tech and no matter how robotic people would like to be, we are still people with a pulse at the end of the day. Show up. That, that it counts. You look someone in the eyes and have a real conversation, that still transcends leaps and bounds past any computer and any web. I don't care what web you're using. So show up. Show up, absorb, trust that you are smart enough and wise enough to absorb and trust that your curiosity does mean a lot about you and say a lot about your commitment to your vision. And if your vision, my, my dream, whether it's through Web3 or anything else. Web4, Web16. Girl, spider, spider web, spider man. I mean, <laughs> Charlotte's web. I don't care at this point. You know, I'm happy to be here. So... <laughs> The, the, my point is, I know it sounds funny, but the destination is the same. To reach as many people as I can in a collaborative, meaningful way. And this is such a rich means of doing so. So show up. Trust that just because you showed up, something good will happen to you. I promise you. Just show up. That's it. I love it. I really, I really can't say that there's more of a science to it. What can we expect from you next? What are you looking like? What, what's on your horizon, both for your Web3 community, for music? Well, so that album that I told you about that I made in France, that first project of mine, is uh, on the map to come out in a couple months. And uh, simultaneously, as all those songs are getting mixed and done, I, my, my inboxes are, are getting, you know filled every day with new mixes, new drafts, just <laughs> for the final versions. We're right there. We, we almost have them all. So simultaneously with that, also learning more about the space. And I think my focus now is, you know, now that I have, know more people and I'm kind of building a community, although it is still small, small but mighty, <laughs> um, how can I collaborate with the people who care about me? How can I make them heard? which I haven't seen done too much. So I have a couple ideas up my sleeve about how I want to let their daily experiences and stories. I'm big on stories. I want my, I want my supporters' stories to be reflected in my art for us to bounce off of each other. So I have a lot of, idea, a lot of ideas of how mm. I want to do that, maybe in, in the form of songwriting, in the form of storytelling. Um, I, I kind of know how, but I think I want to just do it first and then maybe talk about it in retrospect. But I know that it's going to be in collaboration in the form of songwriting. Amazing. Yeah. Queen George. Adam. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having pleasure. me. And um, till we meet again. Till we meet again. <laughs>